0: This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three! Bang! That one goes This down one by Mattingly! Oh, hang on to the R.J. Barrett! He does it again from down! He is just tearing the Orioles apart! It's good! It's good! Randall gets the bounce, and he tries the game! He shows up under! Got it! The late pants left! A grand slam the other way for Aaron Judge! Creates. creates and show us some dexterity as well All with the left hand. Yankees win. The Yankees win. What a weekend in sports. Seriously, dude. That was a hell of a weekend for sports. Um, I mean, if you're an NFL fan, you have to be uh, on, on cloud nine right now. I'm not even an NFL fan. I'm more of a you know, casual, casual fan, but I was even into these games this weekend. Um, it helps when you have a little bit of money on, on them, but it's still entertaining. If you're an NFL fan, I'm sure you are on cloud freaking nine. Those four games, especially the two today, were amazing. And today, I mean Sunday. As I am recording, it is Sunday the 23rd. Which, as you are listening to this show, it should be Monday the 24th. Welcome to BD4, but we have the NFL going off. We have the UFC with a very solid 270 pay-per-view card. And then we had, then we have the Knicks, which we'll get to. Um, so we're talking Knicks, and we're talking some MMA in this episode. So welcome to BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Episode 311 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. And we also do MMA now, too. We will be recapping the events on the weekends. So this is one of those MMA Saturday, MMA Saturday recaps. Um, We'll include that in this episode while we talk about the Knicks too a little bit later. Later. My voice is cracking because I lost my voice this weekend. Screaming so much at the TV. Excitement. Anger. Sadness. Because so much happened in the sports world. Guys, if you are new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Um, You can find BD4 ...on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on all the platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher... ...many other listening platforms and you can now watch the podcast, you could have for a while, on YouTube if you want to watch the video format of this podcast... We are also available on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe to us on there. Download this episode on any of the listening platforms you're on. Share this podcast with your friends on social media, which speaking of, you can find me on social media too. My Facebook at Rob I'm sorry, my Facebook is at RJ Carbone. And if you want to find my Instagram handle, that's at Rob J Carbone. All right, Facebook, RJ Carbone, Instagram, Rob J. Carbone. But it was a weekend for sports, man, and I want to get into some of uh, what we're going to discuss in the Knicks and in the MMA world. Um, The UFC, specifically, 270 took place on Saturday night, and it was a good one. It was a good one. So, let's get to our first break. And when we get back, we will certainly... Get things started. Stay with us. Hey guys. So I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow. And you won't miss a single episode of BD4. All right, let's get back to it. All right. So, again, guys, really quickly, if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, do that right now um, whichever episode I'm sorry whichever platform you listen to these episodes on or maybe you watch the episodes on YouTube so be sure to subscribe to us wherever download it share it rate and review comment all that stuff you know what to do um it was a good weekend for the UFC I think it was a very solid first pay-per-view of the year I wouldn't go any further than that I wouldn't go any below. Solid, I think solid is the proper word to describe um, UFC 270. You know, Whew. I had a lot of fun watching the undercard. Um, some people skip the prelims, and maybe the more casual fans just wait for the for the main card, or maybe some just wait for the two main events. But I actually like watching these. I, I shit, I watched I watched all of the prelims, even in fight cards. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm like into it now. I am so into this sport. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the undercard was actually you could make a case uh, for 270. Um, the undercard was just as entertaining as the main card, and that's not a that's not a knock on the main card. I mean, that's that's there were some good fights uh, in the preliminaries. I mean, uh, the first fight of the night on the early prelims was Kate Hansen versus uh we'll call her Jazzy J because I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Um, Hansen lost, but it was a fairly entertaining fight. I believe it won all three rounds, and, and Hansen uh, lost it to Jazzy J by decision. But I thought that was an okay fight. It was a lot of it was on the ground, a lot of grappling. Uh, the second fight was great on the on the early prelims. You know, it lasted just a few minutes. But Vanessa, she's got a Greek last name. I don't even want to try pronouncing it. She gets dropped. She gets dropped by Juarez. But then ends up reversing that by getting the submission, while on the ground on Waras. So she gets her to tap, and the whole first of all it was a great fight by her. She looks like she's some big fighter on the ups. Good prospect to keep your eye out, um, eye on. But yeah, she really made the headlines with her interview uh, in the octagon with Rogan afterwards, jumping all on his arms and in. He was obviously caught off guard. It was a pretty funny moment there. But she had a good fight. Um, you know, you get to the the, uh, the preliminaries. The main prelims. Uh, what's that kid's name? It was uh, Gravely versus Oliveira. That fight was a friggin' murder fest. Absolute war. Two guys just trading shots. Um, Gravely ends up winning that by decision. And I hope I pronounced his name correctly. Jack Hermanson. Big knockout win, you know. He had the dude on the ground, and he looked like he was hesitating going in. I don't know if he was you know, trying to perfect his his last couple of punches in there, or if he thought the fight was going to be called prematurely, but it wasn't. But then Herb Dean calls it. He jumps on him. Then Herb Dean calls it. Boom! It's over. So he had a big knockout win. And I've seen Hermanson fight before. Um, that was one. Of the, it was one of the names on the prelims that I actually recognized. And then the last fight on the undercard was Victor Henry. Now, Victor Henry impressed a lot of people last night. Um, this was his UFC debut, and he's coming in as the huge underdog because the guy he's fighting, I forget, he might be some, I think it was some Brazilian, I forget his name. The, 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 the guy he was fighting was a veteran. He had U, uh, seven UFC fights under his belt and a bit more MMA fights than than Victor Henry did too. But the whole fight was action-packed. Great technique by Henry. He's, uh, From what I hear about him, his fights are never boring. They're always exciting. And this is a guy who's actually 34, 34 years old himself, Victor Henry. So he's not exactly young. Um, he's, he's new to the UFC, but he's not young. I think he's got 24 MMA fights overall. But he says he's ready to go again soon. You know, I was watching his press conference. He said, as soon as I'm done eating this pizza, I'll pick up the phone. So, we'll see what happens with him. It was a good fight, though. Uh, Then we get to the main card. The uh, Michael Pereira fight, or uh, Michelle, the Michelle Pereira fight was good. He picked up the win there, and I'm glad I, that was one of the, uh, I had a three-pick parlay going. It was Michelle Pereira to win. It was Marino to win. And then it was uh, the Gan Gan and and Ganu fight to not be five rounds. (laughs) Which it wasn't. Um, But obviously the parlay was already ruined by the time we got to the Marino fight. And it it sucks, man. You know, because I'm a huge Brandon Marino fan. The kid's so easy to root for. He's such a happy dude. um, And... His whole story is great. Gets cut by the UFC. Comes back. Becomes a champion. And he's just a positive, high-energy guy. You know. um Excuse me. But. Yeah, he lost. Uh, last night he lost by decision. And that, though, was clearly the fight of the night. I don't think there's any debate. That's got to be fight of the night, right? Um, the Brandon Marino-Davison-Figueredo fight. But. You talk about a war, that was an absolute war as well. Um, and we're definitely going to have to get a fourth fight, which I'm sure Dana White will set up. Um, I, I think, uh, what's his name, Figueredo was talking about he, he's willing to go to Mexico for the fourth fight. Obviously, that's Brandon's home, home location there. So, that's something. That's something. That's respectful too. But this fight was great. It it was technical the entire time, close the entire way, just watching two guys just trying to pick each other apart, being so strategic and technical with it. Um, And here's the thing. Just because that fight was very close and could have went either way, we need to stop calling it a robbery. Because we do that now with every single fight, every single close fight, you're always going to hear that word now. It's, it's, I was reading some, and I hate reading comments because they're all nonsensical, but like, it's, 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 most of these comments are people who've never fought a day in their lives, critiquing everybody and everything, you know, and I ain't a fighter either, you know, you don't see me, you know, fighting out there, but you also don't see me bitching and moaning on everything inside the UFC promotion, you know, I'm an, I'm I'm, an, I'm a fan, you know, I enjoy the UFC. I'm a fan without the nagging, like I do in baseball and basketball, because I've at least studied and played those games a lot in my life. So I know those games. I'm new to fighting. I'm not going to bitch and moan about it, unlike a lot of people. Um, but it was good fight. I don't think anybody got robbed. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not a Davidson Figueredo fan. I'm not. I, I don't really love the guy. Um, nothing against him. I just. I, I roof—he's not easy to root for, like Marino is to me. <laughs> but um, you got to give the guy credit—he won it, and he won it fair and square, in my opinion. Both fighters came out aggressive with low kicks. Um, you could see Brandon, you know, fighting with a little swagger to him early on. Both of them kind of you know smiling and taunting at each other during the the early rounds. Um, second round comes, Figueroa lands a, a a few flush shots on him. But then Marino countered pretty well. Third round, that's when you got the heavy lands coming. Uh, Brandon wobbled Figueredo with a hard left. And then you get later, I think Figueredo gets a knockdown. That's when uh, when Brandon drops. uh, Figueredo throws a big right at him. Fourth round comes. That's kind of when the momentum starts to shift a little bit. This was all Figueredo. Uh, he went back to those lead kicks, and had, Marino had had trouble uh, countering at that same that same rate. Looked like he was a little fatigued. Uh, the fifth count, fifth round came. You have an early takedown for for Brandon Marino, but Figueroa brings it back up to stand up briefly after that and gets a take gets a knockdown on Brandon again. Final seconds, both fighters trading their final punches and. Eventually, via unanimous decision, Figure wins. And it was a good fight. I'm excited to see, you know, them two fight again, obviously. But I want to see how this shapes up. Where is it going to take place? Um, Do the two have mutual respect for each other now? We're going to see. Uh, But that was definitely the fight of the night for sure. Um, And then here's, here's the... We get to the main event. Which, alright. This wasn't what everybody thought it was. You know, I, I know everybody w- was expecting this to be. You had two gigantic specimens. Um, everyone wanted it to be a slugfest, or just. I throw a punch, you throw a punch, I land a punch, you. Like, kind of like the Chandler-Gaishi fight. But I, for one, liked it. You know, I actually thought it was pretty interesting. I enjoyed the fact that it went to the ground. You know, this is MMA. This is what MMA is. It's mixed martial arts. You want boxing? Just go watch boxing then. I I like the strategy in MMA. And this one, I thought it was very strategic. Um, Once, you know, the later three rounds. Because that's when the fight really went to the ground. Uh, but yeah, two huge heavyweight guys having to grapple. For the later three rounds. It was pretty cool to me. Um, It was different for both of them you could see. Uh, But it was funny. Because you go from two flyweights. Right. And then you go right to. Nganu versus Siro Gan. And it's such a hilarious transition. Between the size. You have to think Dana did that purposely. Just for that. It was so funny to to see that. Big ass transition there. Hmm. But um, it was it was a good fight. I, I liked it. I thought Francis definitely could have um, done a lot more with his takedowns, but it was enough. It was enough for the internet to start calling him a uh, Fabiib, Nurmagomedov, uh, Nurmagomedov, which uh, the dude who fought earlier on the main card was not related to him. But um, yeah, I, Gane couldn't figure it out. Oh, Gain Gone Gan couldn't figure it out. But um, when the fight was was stand up. Cyril Gahn actually had the the lead. He took the first two rounds in my opinion, simply just by using his footwork. You know, it was a stand up game and and Cyril Gahn kind of just coasted through those first two rounds, playing a little defense. He touched him with a few strikes too. But, you know, he was moving well like he usually does and Francis had issues landing those big strikes. Um, you know, because he exerted a lot of his energy in, in trying to keep up with Ghan on his feet and, and in grapple. But he did land that nice high kick in the third round. Which eventually he turned into a body slam. And then he had side control for a bit. And Ciro brought it back to his feet. Later in the same round it goes back to the ground. When Francis scores another takedown. And the fourth round it was pretty similar. Without the high kick. Francis gets a takedown. God manages to escape it back to his feet again then ends up on the ground again when Francis gets another takedown. Fifth round, Cyril Gond gets a takedown early. But he tries going for a leg lock. And he kind of gives up position. This is where Francis ends up in top position. Could have done a lot more damage there. And I think that's where people kind of got bored. Where a couple of times in this fight, you know... Instead of taking advantage of having ground control... He's trying to position himself better, and he did that a lot, and eventually the horn just sounded. Uh, 25 minutes was up before you knew it, and Francis won by decision. Cyril Gan knew it too. Uh, you know, he knew it before they even, um, as soon as the, the, the horn sounded, you could tell by his facial expression, his mannerisms, that he was upset with himself, and he said so in the press conference too. But, you know, after the fight, um, Dana was not there to present the belt. And nor was he, I, I didn't watch the press conference, so I don't know for myself, but what I'm hearing is that he wasn't at the press conference to speak to the media like he usually does after these pay-per-view events. So that was interesting, because there's the whole contract dispute between the two of them. Francis doesn't feel like he has freedom, I think was the term he used. Um, but, and then he's telling the media, Francis is about all these injuries he suffered in training to his ACL, his MCL, Um, which is, I always find interesting how fighters say this all the time after the fight, but I guess we got to take his word. He was hurt, but he won. He, he remains the King and he's, and still, you know, and still, so he's, he's a champ. The, The dude is built different, you know, he is, he is absolutely built different. The guy's a physical specimen and, um. I don't know. Uh, I think Cyril Gahn will bounce back eventually. I think he's going to have another shot at it. Shot at that. He's the number one contender, obviously, right now. But we'll see what happens next for Francis and the UFC. We'll see who, you know, we'll see what happens next with Cyril Gahn. That was his first UFC loss. He was 10 and 0. So, well, no, that was his first MMA loss. Yeah. So we'll see. But I thought it was a good card. Uh, again, I thought it was a solid card. An unpredictable final fight. Uh, an outstanding co-main event. And some pretty good cards. Uh, pretty good fights on the card leading up to those two main events. So, I am satisfied with it. Um, it's going to suck to be without a fight next weekend. But then there's, there's uh, pretty soon, actually. I think it's February 12th. Maybe not even. We're getting 271. With Robert Whittaker and Israel Adesanya. So, that's already going to be a banger. Because, you know, the main card on that is much better, on paper at least, than this main card was. So, I think that's the card with Derek Lewis. Excuse me, and to Unless they move that back, I'm not sure. Uh, it's also got Jared Cannonier and Derek Brunson on it. And a few other big names. So, I'm excited to see that card. And, um... Yeah, and I'm definitely gonna keep tabs with the um, you know, the couple fight nights in between these two pay-per-views. So we'll, we'll see who's uh, who's up next there. I forget. I was looking at the um. I think there's only one fight night, and then we get to the next pay-per-view. Let me look that up. Let me look this up. Yeah, so two seventy one is Izzy and Whitaker. That's on February twelfth. Today's the 23rd. Okay. So. I think two fight nights. Two fight cards. Oh, okay. Here we go. Oh, wow. So Jack Hermanson, who just fought, is on the next card. He's headlining the the next fight night card. Going up against Sean Strickland. So. I'm a big fan of Strickland. I like him. I think he's fun. He adds a little flair to a lot of things. Right. Am I... You know what? I said Jack Hermanson before when I was talking about one of the preliminary fights. I meant to talk... Yeah. That, okay, so that makes sense. It wasn't Hermanson. Hermanson's on the next fight card. Um, We were talking about the fight where... Pete Rodriguez got knocked out on the ground and the dupe was taking his time hitting him. That was Jack Meladonna or something. I forget the kid's name. I mistakenly said Hermanson, but... It was, uh... Besides that, it was it was a good fight. It was a good card. Um, I'm very satisfied with that. I was down the street with my buddies. So, I had a good time. And other than the fact that I lost some money on it, didn't win money, whatever, it was a good card. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um... That's all we've got for this MMA segment of the show. But the second half of this show, we'll briefly briefly go over this Knicks-Clippers game. um, And we'll wrap it up from there. So stay with us. Let's head to break. When we get back, we'll touch on the Knicks. Stay with us. So if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone, Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. So, BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcast, But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. All right, so the Knicks, <laughs> yeah, they won. Uh, they they picked up a nice victory against the Clippers this afternoon, one ten to one hundred and um, <clears> two. <throat> and let me just set this up here real quick. Here we go, one ten to one hundred and two. Yeah, they wrapped up a miserable home trip where they lost the first three games, um, and then they picked a picked up the, the victory today to go one and three on the homestand, which sucks because heading into this, we were saying, well, the schedule is going to get really tough starting on Monday. Uh, we have the Cavs tomorrow and and it just gets tougher from there for, for the rest of this month and then for a good chunk to start the month of February. So I was saying uh, that they should have went no worse than three and one considering they were at home during this home stand and they were playing against some very beatable teams. But instead they go one and three. Um, But I guess we discussed this game on a positive note because they finally did pick up a victory after losing three straight. It was tough, but a good thing we we looked pretty decent today. Um, They shoot 44% from three point distance, which was a positive. The Knicks, And also, they finally hit their free throws. The Knicks were 84% at the foul line today. And also, what stood out to me was the plus 12 on the boards. So, all across the board, the offense was there. The defense was playing hard. And uh, the Knicks pick up a rare matinee win. It was their actual, actually their first Sunday victory of the season. They always come out flat on these Sunday afternoon games, but... Today, both sides, who don't usually score, came out hot. Uh, both R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle played well in the same game. Also a rarity. Barrett finished with 28-14-6. and six. Julius had 24-9-5. and five. The Knicks are actually 4-1 this season when both R.J. Barrett and Randle score 20 points or more. Something to keep an eye on. It's pretty simple. Your two top guns play the way they should. The Knicks play, go, play, play well. Um, friggin' Julius set the tone early. And, you know, he played well throughout the game until late. We'll talk about that for a second. Um, the bigs were good. I thought our big men were great. Mitch was great. He was on his way to a double-double before, unfortunately, leaving with the ankle sprain. He says on social media that it's just a little tweak, so we shall see. Hopefully, hopefully that is all because you hate to to see a guy go down. You know, a season in the midst of finding some consistency once and for all. He was playing really well. You know, the, very similar to last year. Remember that happened to him last year before he went down with the injury. He was playing on a really hot stretch, but um, I thought he was good. We'll see how long he is out. But at least Noel seems to be back for now. I don't even know when this guy's available anymore. But today he returned. He looked pretty sharp. The knee didn't look like an issue today. He was moving well. Excuse me, on both ends of the court. And he had seven rebounds, which was a nice surprise. You know, he's not usually effective on the glass. But tonight he was pretty effective. Or today. Uh, Cam Reddish debuted today. He got a big five minutes. (laughs) Um, you know, the second half I thought we could have used some more of him. But we'll see. You know, his only basket displayed what we'll probably be getting. He, uh, he played some good defense, got the rebound, and then pushed the pace and finished coast to coast. So, yeah, a nice reverse layup. So, that's what we have him for. That athleticism, some defense, and um he can shoot a little bit too. Especially from the corners. Um... But again, it's going to come down to, 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 to whose minutes does he take? Is he going to take Obi Toppin's minutes? You have to believe that at some point, Obi Toppin will be out the door. Um, there's just no place for him on this team. Does he take some of Quentin Grimes' minutes? You know. But we'll, we'll figure all that out with the trade deadline approaching soon. Um, Emmanuel quickly had his moments today. He checks in second quarter, scores in a bunch, seven quick points, and, you know, hitting some three-point shots, attack the paint early. But I liked his distributing. I thought he played some pretty good point guard, quickly did. Um, He had six assists, and he was just finding open shooters, and his teammates who were open. He did a good job there. Fournier was solid. He was okay. 14 points, four rebounds, four for eight on threes active on both ends, and he hit timely shots tonight. Today, I keep saying tonight. R.J. Barrett, though, is the story of this game. He leads the way. Doesn't shoot well. He missed a couple of bunnies there at the end, but it was a big-time performance for R.J. Barrett. I want to discuss his effort real quick. First, let's get to our final break. Stay with us. Hey, guys. I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first... I also want to let you know, I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on UltimateSportsNetworks.com titled The Bomber Bokker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, The Bomber Bocker Blog on com using promo code 6A2841ERJC 799 a month. A custom wall tapestry is a sure way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability, while its mildew and water-resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs and any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80 and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in seven to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bacher blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber blog that you use promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the shop MVP tab searching the Bomber Barker blog. And there you have it. Um, yeah, listen, RJ Barrett is going to be the key. He is going to be the key to this team, and he needs to be given the keys to this offense. He does. He needs to be let into the driver's seat and, and get this thing flowing. I hope you can't hear the, my phone blowing up right now. Um, the freaking vibrations. I, I have a custom vibration where, you know, you can pick your vibrations on it. Like, you can pick the um the rhythm. I've got, like, the... I've tried to mimic the... P- what is it? P- P-S-E-N-G? P.C. Richards. It's the P.C. Richards uh, tone. Like, when the Yankees get a strikeout, they'll play that tone and try to, to make... <laughs> customize it. And so, when I get a text... It just keeps going off in that tone. It's it's like, I'm going to get a bunch of texts right now. and It's pissing me. It's just loud. Um, Fuck it. RJ Barrett. (laughs) Listen, got to give him the kid. I love the way he's playing. We have to keep giving him the ball. We have to keep the ball in RJ's hands. For this team to play well, I think we have to let him initiate things. I love the way he's playing. I love the way he's driving. He's pushing the pace in transition. Today, great example of that. With the rebounding, he's got 14 rebounds in this game. He helped, you know, getting those rebounds helped him get out on the break as much as he did, right? He was getting into the lane. And that opened up the offense for everybody else, too. Um, he was getting Mitchell Robinson involved today in the half court. Part of Mitch's resurgence is due to R.J. getting those on-ball reps, you know. And Randall plays off of R.J. Barrett pretty well, too. You know, he's taking less shots, Um in their last 10 games together, RJ has more field goal attempts in eight of those games. The other two times, uh, in one of them, he has just as many attempts, and the other, he only has one less. So, and it's, it's again, it's not just shot attempts. It's, if you actually watch these games, it's the amount of reps he's getting, the ball time. You know, it's things, we, you, you watch the Knicks, you could see we're initiating things through him. We're being ran through R.J. Barrett. He is being featured as the focal point of the offense, which is what we need to keep doing. You know, More importantly, though, do you see what happens when Kemba Walker is not on the floor as the point guard? Right? But when, when Walker was sitting out, R.J. was doing his thing. He comes back for a couple of games. R.J. is relegated back to that spot-up role. Today, Kemba sits. R.J. cooks again. We 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 can't have all these ball handlers on the floor at the same time and expect RJ's game to flourish. And that was a big part of last year's, as good as RJ played, he a lot of his buckets came from spot-ups, right? As good as he was last year, he was more of a 3 and D guy. And that's not really what he was entering the league. That's not who he is. So, you want to get him on the ball like he is right now, flourishing. Um, So, you got to split them up. And I think Kemba's definitely out of here. There's no way he lasts. Um, It's just too much to plan around. Is he playing? Is he not playing? When are we supposed to schedule a rest day? The back-to-back thing. It's just too much. And I think it's it's only $8 million. So, they're either going to waive him or they'll find a, a partner to move him with. But... You know, I think we. You know, he's got to go. The whole that whole thing is a mess. Um, It's would you rather have Kemba Julius or an RJ offense, right? That's pretty much what it comes down to. I was listening to a show; they made a really good point on that. Um, But yeah, you can't have three ball handlers in one lineup. You have to. You have to. uh, In order to get RJ, your number three draft pick, you know, who you're supposed to be building around. He has to get his his um, his opportunities, and you can see the team plays much better when he's running the ball up the court and he's initiating these half court sets. And it's not Randall in these point forward spots or Kemba Walker being the guy, you know, because Kemba's more of a, a decent scorer, and he's not really gonna get everybody involved. He's not a pass first guy. He's not not that RJ is a point forward, but RJ is, is a guy who can open up everything else. He opens up the spacing for the offense and he's an efficient slasher when he's on his game. And I think in order for him to be on his game, he just has to continue to grow by getting these, these reps. And, uh, I like what we're getting right now from him, but you know, we have to keep buying into it. Julius Randall played well, you know, he shot efficiently and he's buying into this RJ Barrett thing too. Hopefully he continues that. Um, He shot 8 for 15 to score 24 points. He had 9 rebounds, 5 assists. Again, he sets the tone early. Um, And late it got a little bit randally again later, right? The Clippers started sending multiple doubles, and he took a bit too long to make decisions. He ended up with 7 turnovers, but the key with him all the time is going to be those, those, you know, make quicker decisions. The the quick decision-making was why he thrived so much last season. This year, not so much. Um, we had some more extended high post-up possessions, too, at the end of that game, which bothered me. But I like that he let R.J. cook, and that's been the, the story during this you know 12 or whatever game stretch that R.J. is on right now where he's dropping 20 to 30 a night. Um, so, yeah, that, that's pretty much my final thoughts on this Knicks game. Just got to keep going through R.J. I think that's key. Let the kid cook. Let him do his thing. And I think this Knicks team will be better off that way. Um, they are now. What well, I want to look at the. Uh, I'm going to look at the standings in a second, but I think they're 23 and 24, with the 10th spot maybe. I got to look, but it's 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 clear. It's day and night when you watch this team play. Um, you know, all depending on how they scheme their offense. If it's ran through RJ. They look a lot better, and obviously the kid's going to have his ups and downs um But this is the way to go. This is how you have to go about it. Even if the Knicks don't make the playoffs, the, it's, a, it's a positive takeaway if you can keep running it through Barrett. I just hope that Thibodeau knows this. I hope that Randall accepts this role, you know, for the rest of the season, and we'll see where it goes there. Um, we've got Cleveland tomorrow. And I only think we have two days off this week before it gets really tough. But Cleveland's a tough team themselves. Good young team. Looks like they're going to be in the playoffs this year. So we'll see what happens, guys. That's all I've got for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Let's end with the NYY NYK question of the day. <laughs> Right, So this will be, for the NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day, this will be an MMA question. When Conor McGregor made his UFC debut in 2013, who did he fight against, and what was the specific result? All right, when Conor McGregor... Ugh, I can't fucking speak. I'm just stumbling over my words right now. When Conor McGregor made his UFC debut... In 2013, who did he fight against, and what was the specific result? Let me know the answer on Facebook or Instagram, um, whether that be in my comment section or in the comment or in my DMs. Once I publish this episode. But um, yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. I'm your host R.J. Carbone, episode 311 of BD4. That's all we've got. Great weekend for the UFC, a good bounce-back victory for the. I was going to say the Yankees for the Knicks tonight, today. There I go again. And uh, we'll see what happens going forward. So subscribe, follow, like, all that stuff. And I'll see you in the next one. All right, guys. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.